Hi, this is the fifth podcast in the knowledge series on Lord of the Flies for English Literature GCSE. Today's episode is about Roger. There are three key moments that you need to know about if you're going to write about Roger. We'll tackle them in chronological order, in the order the events happen in the novel, but really they all shed light on each other. The first moment is right at the start. When Roger is introduced, he is described as furtive, which means sneaky or secretive or suspect. And Golding tells us that no one knew him and he had an inner intensity of avoidance and secrecy. All this you might expect from the introduction of a character who arguably is responsible for the most cold-blooded murder when he kills Piggy. He is a loner and he looks as if he has something to hide. Perhaps Golding is suggesting that he is evil right from the start. But as so often with this text, it's not quite as simple as that. Just half a page later, it's Roger who suggests that the best way to choose a chief would be a democratic election. It's Roger who says, let's have a vote. We would all agree that this is a good idea, based on civilization and rules and a respect for society. There's no need for the progression of the story for it to be Roger who says this. So why does Golding have this character come up with the idea? Presumably for the same reason that he doesn't allow Jack to be straightforwardly evil either. Roger is committed to law and order when the boys first land on the island. Golding describes him in such a way that it makes it clear that there is something off-putting and withdrawn about him, perhaps alluding to his latent violent urges which will come out later. But he is also a functioning member of society. We need to know about this moment where Roger suggests a vote, because it implies that it is only when he discovers the laws of society have no power over him that he behaves according to his nature. The second moment is a seemingly unimportant incident in chapter four, where Roger's natural urges start to come out. You'll find it on page 76 if you'd like to remind yourself. Henry, Percival and Johnny, three little ones, are playing on the beach. Roger and Morris run through the sandcastles that the younger boys have made, kicking them over and getting sand in Percival's eye. Although Morris is laughing, he feels the unease of wrongdoing because he remembers being told off for doing the same thing back home. Morris leaves but Roger stays. Roger then follows Henry, and here we see Roger's furtive nature in action. He watches Henry playing from a distance. Incidentally, Henry is playing a cruel game where he exercises control over living things, trapping sea creatures and enjoying this control, again revealing the latent desires for power even in the youngest of the children. Roger, though, takes this desire for control and the desire to hurt things to the next level in the game he plays. He picks up a handful of stones on page 78 and begins throwing them at Henry. This is pivotal. It is a foreshadowing of the bigger and more significant stones that Roger will throw at the end of the novel. The smaller missiles and ultimately the boulder that he launches at Piggy. However, at this point in chapter 4, Roger is not yet able to be so cruel. He has not yet become completely savage. We know this because we are told that there was a space around Henry, perhaps six yards in diameter, into which Roger dared not throw. He throws the stones near Henry to frighten him, but he doesn't dare to throw them at him. He doesn't dare to actually hit him. And why not? Not because he feels it's the right thing to do. Golden tells us that the reason he doesn't hit Henry is because of the taboo of the old life, the protection of parents and school and policemen and the law. What keeps him in check at this point is nothing to do with his own desires, 
but to do with society and how society has conditioned him to behave. And this leads us to our third key moment, which is the death of Piggy. By this point, faces have been painted, tribes created, the first group murder of Simon committed. The old life that stayed Roger's hand in chapter four has been well and truly left behind. This is why Roger is able to commit the murderous act foreshadowed by throwing stones at Henry. We're supposed to notice how joyous Roger is when he kills Piggy too. He leans on the lever with a sense of delirious abandonment. After he kills Piggy, Roger is imbued with a new power. The last line of chapter 11 describes him as one wielding a nameless authority. Sam and Eric in chapter 12 are clearly more afraid of Roger than of Jack, describing him as a terror and warning Ralph that Roger has sharpened a stick at both ends. But what's important in these three incidents is that Golding doesn't seem to present Roger as deteriorating. He doesn't become evil in the course of the novel. Instead, it's more like the things that prevented him from acting out his evil desires are gradually stripped away. At the start of the novel, he's threateningly described, but is conditioned to respect democracy and rules and voting. In the middle, he's beginning to act in ways that challenge those rules he's been taught, but hasn't yet forgotten them enough to do real harm. By the end, though, the rules are so long forgotten that Roger can act out the desires of his dark heart without fear of consequence.